0: Welcome to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am your host Kelly Morgan. Today I'm speaking with author P.F. Felix. Now P.F. was born in the West Indies but became a citizen in 2004. And she worked all these careers and then one day, poof, she became a writer. Well, it didn't happen just like that. But now I'm happy to say she is a published author Her debut novel, and the first of the Rennington Chronicles, is titled The Night Professor. She says she has seven books in the works for the Rennington Chronicles series. I'm so excited that she's become a member of the book club and decided to come on the podcast and share her journey. Welcome our newest book club member, author P.F. Felix. thank you so much for being the newest member to the book club and being on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. It really is. Well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm glad that you are here and I'm excited to talk with you about your book. I, I really enjoy speaking with authors and finding out about their journey, so we'll just get right to it. Um, you are this published author, and so I'm curious, like how... How did this book or these books become books like what what made you decide that you wanted to like do this author thing? actually the honest truth is is pain <laughs> I was going through a lot of uh, a lot of things the last decade uh, everything from uh, dysfunctional marriage a little bit um, having children and being a professional black woman. That just, never, <laughs> that just never seemed to work out for me. I know some women have it together. I, I was struggling, struggling with that because, you know, I work in the IT field and it's very demanding. And how this book came about is, when I moved to California from Tennessee, of all places, um, there were a lot of things happening here. Everything from ghost ship murders to, uh, you know, crimes in the city. And almost being a victim of some of the crimes in the city, there was a lot happening. And I pers and then at work, there were a lot of political things happening because I worked for a municipality, city government. And it was, um, it, it was just so much stress. And I remember a friend telling me, "You need to find an outlet quick, and it can't be weed, girl. <laughs> you need to find an outlet that's healthy, that you know maybe something creative." And I, I used to teach Bible study as a uh, when I was a teen, young adult. And I remember writing, you know, plays and stuff like that for church things. So I just started writing thinking I was going to create something Christian, something religious, something uplifting. And how it became something dark was I, I had a, a white uh, female supervisor and she was, I hate to say it, but she was not a good person. And I remember her telling me, can't you do anything right? And I was like, really? So I took that pain and I started making like posted it notes of storyboarding because, you know, I'm in IT, so we do storyboards before we develop something. And I was like, wow, this this looks like something. I didn't know what it was yet. And then I started putting things together and it just hit me. I'm like, it looks like I'm writing a book, but I'm like, I'm not an author, Right. But I just kept writing and, and showing people some of my stories and telling them my ideas. And they're like, you should be a writer. That should be on HBO. That should be blah, blah, blah. And then when I finally had this finished manuscript around COVID, uh, a publisher told me that it was a really good story and I should you know, work with them and that's what happened. That's how these stories evolved and I'm continuously writing. I've only released one book. Uh, the Night Professor, which is the first book of the Reddington Chronicle series. But I plan on releasing a lot more because it made me feel it makes me feel alive. It makes it makes me feel good. And based on some of the reviews that I got, that's on my website, it, it it's doing that to other people. So it feels right when you're creating something and then other people are feeling good about it. So yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> I think ultimately, and I think I've said this before, that's what every author wants. You want to write something right whatever it is but you want ultimately you want somebody to say i really like that <laughs> right i mean yeah. that's that's really all you want i mean that's what most people are going for you just want somebody to enjoy what you've written and right. as simple as that sounds <laughs> right and and especially when someone tells you makes you feel like you're not good at anything but they're capitalizing on all your ideas and all your work this is something that's mine that you can't capitalize on. It has my name on it. It has my blood, sweat, and tears. It has my late nights because I just put the baby to bed. That's me. And you can't capitalize on that. And that feels like, it feels like divine. It feels divine intervention. Like God just did that just for for me. So tell me about the genre of the Remington Chronicles. <laughs> what, what genre would you call this book? it's multi I'm really glad that you asked Kelly it's a multi-genre work because I believe in inclusivity whether it's your orientation your faith I believe that everything is really connected it's not segregated it's not Christian and pagan or, or black or white or hetero versus something else it's we're all together so to me i was like if i'm going to write it's going to be multi-genre it's going to have comedy it's going to have gore in it it's going to have voodoo in it it's going to have magic in it because that's the world i live in i'm from the caribbean originally i was born in bahamas and so to me i've seen a lot of stuff and um, when people are like oh it's wicca or this is da 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 i'm like no they're all the same and and my stories are going to be multi-genre um it's always going to be paranormal first but it's gonna be romance and it's gonna be a thriller. It's gonna be a lot of things because I'm a lot of things. As a black person, I'm a lot of things, right? And so my work is gonna reflect who you see, who I am. And so it's multi-genre, it's paranormal romance thriller. That's the genres. And so right now you said there's one book out, but it's gonna be a series. So obviously do you have this series, is it in your head or has it actually hit paper yet? The book two has hit paper halfway, but a lot of it's in my head because it keeps changing and I'll tell you why. You're, this is going to blow your mind, Kelly, I, and this is an exclusive. <laughs> when I came up with the, uh, the uh, I, I'm, I'm going to call it the umbrella. When I came up with the Rennington Chronicles, I thought I'd made up the name. I promise you, and all my past works, everything, I thought I'd made up the name because my daughter attended... Pennington Elementary, here's the proof people, live on, (laughs) sorry, it's not really clear because of the background, but I thought i created the name, I just changed Pennington to Reddington because it sounded more regal, right, it sounded more, you know, wow, fancy, and then out of nowhere, one of my, um, I guess fans, I hate saying that because it's like I'm not there yet, but one of the people that um, from the UK that really liked my work, she's like, do you know there's a real Rennington? I'm like, no, I, I did my Google searches. I checked countries and states. And, and she goes, no, there's a village in Northumberland called Rennington. Well, their parish, and I can't go into detail because I, I promised them I wouldn't give out any names, contacted me. And they're like, yeah, we have a corn festival. And what blew my mind about that is that I made those there are elements in my story that match that village so now i have to go to that village because now my work that i thought was going to be this paranormal thriller that's all fictional it's real or some eleva- elements of it could be considered real and now i have to vet my sources by going to this country, going to the uk to discover this village that's now learning of me talking about their place. (laughs) It's kind of cool and scary. That is cool. That is very cool. And you thought you made it up. Huh? I said, and you thought you made it up. I, I, Pennington, this is my proof. It's exclusive. It's live. Pennington Elementary exists. It's in um, Franklin, Tennessee. Actually, Spring Hill, Tennessee. and my daughter went there and they were really nice to her and they were really, you know, considering where I was in the South, that part of the South, um, they were so loving to her. And I, I always like the name Pennington, but for me, when I was writing the book, I was like, oh, let me just change it to Reddington. That sounds more regal. And it's a real place. Wow. So how many books are planned? So you've got the second book you said it's it's in it's in the works, it's in progress. In so progress. how many books are how many books are planned? Well, based on, because I'm a child of numerology, right? I feel like my lucky number is seven. And so there are going to be seven books under the Rennington Chronicles, because the Rennington Chronicles is really about a fictitious city or a city I thought was fictitious. Um, And so there are a lot of things happening. There's things happening in the LGBT community. There are things happening with minorities rising to power. There are things happening... In this particular story about this law student who uh, who grows to be something powerful in the city, there's a lot of different things happening. So I can't wor- write about one character or one experience. I have to write about all of their experiences, and that's going to be Rennington. <laughs> that's going to be Rennington. That that is really cool. So you didn't even know that you had this writer person inside of you, did you? No, I I, I um. My mom kind of pushed in my head that I have to be a nurse because, you know, on the islands, that's like being a doctor (laughs) for young black girls. You know, they don't never they never really encourage you to go that far. They just want you to be a nurse and marry a minister and live this mundane life. Well, to me, it's mundane, not to anyone who's out there. It's a blessing to you. But for me, it was just not made for me. And that's that was the path that was laid out for me. To say to my mom, I want to be a writer, that was just never in my head. And here I am in IT, completely different field to her. It's in a foreign field, so it's not really accepted because you should have been a nurse. You should have finished the path that I wanted you to finish. And for me to change that and become an IT person and then become a professional and meet you know, other black professionals in my field and see that they're kind of growing and doing great things. You're doing great things. I just couldn't stop, but I didn't know, I never would have fathomed in my head that I was going to become a writer, and I think it took pain during um, a high-risk pregnancy because I was over 40, having my last child, and it was unexpected, and I got no support at work and stuff like that. All that pressure just kind of just, you know, fell into paper, and then when it started becoming a story, I was like, I have to do something with this, and then I guess that's how I you know, I kind of flourished into an author, but I would have never... mm -mm, If you asked me that 20 years ago, I'm like, can you pass the duchy? (laughs) Because I'm like, there's no way. No, mm -mm, not me. So (laughs) I like how you have seven books planned, planned out for your Chronicle, so you know where it's going. So what do you do now to market this first book? Because marketing seems to be the big question mark to almost every author that I talk to. So I always ask, what do you do? How do you market your book? Well, initially I started with my website uh, pffelix.com um, I started you know, listing my book there and then putting links on my social media sites and then I realized I didn't have a following so i went from like 500 I think in Facebook uh, to close to 3000 with Facebook and LinkedIn which is where I met you and um then i started learning well i need to do podcasts i need to do important podcasts like yours and um you know need to collaborate with uh, people in the industry like yourself and i've done one uk podcast uh yesterday and i'm doing your podcast and i started off on a friend's podcast on the book slam so i'm I'm doing podcasts to try to get the word out and that seems to be helping uh, slowly increase sales but i realized i have to do two things i think i have to do two things number one now that I know that Runnington exists, I have to visit it mm-hmm. because I have to understand there's one thing when you, when there's a coincidence, right? Like you and I meeting, you're a co-person cool did I know you in a former life, right? And there's another thing when you're describing things like in the story, um, in chapter six, <laughs> I'm describing a Halloween festival, but I call it all Hallow's Eve, right? Because I want to be inclusive of different types of, you know, things like that, right? And they have a corn festival. And I, in the story, I describe that there are creatures set up in fantastical ways all around campus looking like a glorious, you know, freak show. And that's what they do in Rennington every year. And they sent me pictures and I'm like, how did I know that? How how did I know there would be cre... It it, it just, it's just weird to me, I have to do research. So that's number one to, to help market it because while I'm doing this research, I'm engaging people in in that in that work and then the other thing i have to do is um continue to to be on these important podcasts and do more uh press releases just to get my name out there because i think a lot of people once they realized that i was african you know or you know part of the great diaspora right um they were a little confused because they were looking at me and they're like why is there a white girl on the cover I know a lot of my friends told me that, and I'm like, no. When you're when you're being inclusive, you don't. It's not always about you. It's the stories aren't about your life. Sometimes it could be about someone else's life that you you witnessed or you experienced, and it touched you so much. Like I remember listening to one of your podcasts with a gentleman who wrote about his friend that died, and I was listening to that podcast, and I was like blown away because I felt what he felt. I knew someone. She was very um, uh, special to me. And, you know, she made some bad decisions. And so my characters are gonna be based off people that I've met, things that I've seen, some of the murders I've, you know, happened to learn about in Oakland. Oops, well, secret's out where I am. (laughs) And, And that's what's making these stories come to life. Not about me, but about everything that I've seen and the pain that I've seen. And, and then churning it into something that everyone else can enjoy or at least get a good laugh at because there's a lot of funny scenes in the book too. So right. That's, that's what I think I need to do to help, you know, nurture my my credibility and my brand, if you will, in the world. I know there's a lot of other paths and I'm opening to listening to everything. So any advice, I'm taking it. But I think I need to start there because this place exists and I need to do it justice. Yeah, I would agree. That's actually really cool. Nobody's ever said that to me before where they've kind of made up a place only to find out that it really kind of exists, right? So, I think that's a, a good idea to go to go there and, you know, who needs a reason to travel? right i mean (laughs) go there and check it out and you'll probably have so much more to put in book three four five six and seven (laughs) right because you'll have actually been to this place you know and who knows the characters that you will come up with as your world that you've created begins to expand and grow I think it's Absolutely. very exciting. I think that's that's the nice thing about being a writer is that you actually get to create this world. Yeah. Even if it really exists, it's still fiction because you're going to create a, a bunch of more characters and you've got five more books to go. A lot right. can happen. I mean, even with this story, the uh, the, weird, the weirdest question I ever got was, who's the narrator? And everyone is like curious to figure out who is this person telling the story in in the story besides the characters that are acting out their own parts and i'm like that's the mystery you're not gonna find out now it's probably in book two and that's you know little tricks that i'm using to kind of lure people in because they're trying to figure out if this person is more foe than friend right right (laughs) so have you created um any audiobooks yet yeah, I created an audiobook. Um, I'm not as enthusiastic about it because I had to do the narration and I don't particularly like my voice. I know everybody says that when they narrate, they don't like their voice. Um, I, it's, I can say that it's very clean and it's artistic in the sense that I added a lot of music in there, a lot of free music, right? So I was mm-hmm. really, I spent hours and days looking through, you know, like, free, you know, uh, copyright free music and. I, I have it out there and uh, well recently it released on um, Halloween. And um, so there's an audiobook out there and I have actually on my website uh, a little video, a little movie a little movie trailer or a book trailer if you will, um, uh, 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 that's utilizing the five minute free sample that uh, you know um, uh, Amazon lets mm-hmm. you have. And um, a lot of people have gotten some mixed reviews because there are some mixed reviews about it, but at least the reviews, right? Right. Um, Because they were shocked to hear about the the LGBT element in the story. They were like, wow, you said some things that maybe you shouldn't say, but I'm like, I'm not you. From a different culture, we, we see things differently, so... That may be a shock to you in Wisconsin or wherever you're from, but in the Caribbean, that's a terrific Tuesday because it's just, you know, different cultures and people anticipate. But that's kind of the that's the joy of reading, right? Is maybe everything you read shouldn't be your viewpoint. How boring would that be? Right? So when you read, you read to get a different perspective. ...to be swept away into a different world... ...so maybe just for that time... ...you have to open your mind... ...and think a little differently... ...than you normally would... ...that's... ...to me... ...that's why you read... ...it's the story... ...whatever that's, that story I is... That. ...you know... ...I just... I ...yeah... ...so I think that... ...if everything was always your viewpoint... ...God, think about that... ...if everything was always your viewpoint i just think it'd get boring after a while i like hearing other perspectives. Yeah, i like that your story is paranormal romance thriller comedy all <laughs> rolled into one right i like that because it makes it that there's something for everyone Right, and that's the mindset that I had when I when I released it because, and there's this one scene and I'll, and I'll let you know because I, I think it's really funny, it's in chapter four, and uh, Amir Rose, who's the protagonist in the story, the girl in the cover, she's a Jewish law student, very beautiful girl, she um, is convicted for the, uh, the death of her biracial girlfriend, convicted for nonfeasance for the death of her biracial girlfriend. So she's sentenced to do time here because you know wealthy people they don't you know conform to the law like the rest of us right so they find sneaky ways it's still doing time because she's on uh heart she's doing uh, performing hard servitude just like chris brown or somebody who's doing uh uh what is it uh street street cleaning instead of serving right. time right so in the story she's working as a you know she's working in the kitchen which she hates and she's working with a lot of illegal immigrants. And she's she builds a fondness with them, they adore her. She uses her legal ease to help them out of their situation. So it's like a little family. You you can feel that in the story. Everyone kisses each other, calls him tia, and you know, bro, you know, um uh que Paso, you know, they're really you know, jovially together, I mean jovial together. And there's a scene where there's this uh, antagonist who's like giving her a hard time. And the person's like, I want my coffee and I want it really hot, you know, being, you know, Bleach Fun Barbie with her. And she's like, okay, un momento por favor. And then she asked her friends to make her a special cup of coffee. And the humor and the dynamic between her and the Latino, you know, group that she works with, it's like a family. So they have each other's backs. And to me, a couple people that have read it, they found it hilarious because they can actually see themselves in you know working in a kitchen or something like that and you have that camaraderie and you see your friend getting dissed and so you do a little extra on that person's <laughs> food or something like that that's real life that is real life <laughs> you yes, give them coffee is. special, you know <laughs> And, and, but that's because they love her and they are willing to take those risks for her because to them, she's like a, you know, a little, a little niece to them. You know, it's a family, it's a family situation and a very hilarious situation, but it's very real. I can assure you. I've worked at Starbucks. I can assure you things like that happen. That so. is Be nice to all funny. your baristas. But you never know who you're talking to, right? So you better talk to everybody yeah. with a little bit of kindness because you never know who you were talking to. So PF, before we, before we go, before we end the podcast, I always like to find out, you, you didn't know you were going to be an author. You're an author. What advice would you give somebody who is maybe, you know, thinking about writing a book or maybe in the process of writing a book and they don't know what to do or, you know, cause I guarantee you where you are today, somebody would love to be in your shoes, right? They would love to <laughs> be you, they would, trust me. They would love to be, you've got your book out, you've got your website, you got all this stuff going on. They would love to be there, but they're not there. What advice would you give them? I think the best advice I would give somebody is that if you are feeling some kind of pain, and I don't mean physical pain because there's doctors for that and stuff, but if you're in some kind of an emotional stress or or if you just feel the interest of, of writing, write. write what you know, okay? Don't try to go beyond, and it's always good for people to, to step outside their comfort zone, it is. But if you're starting out, write what you know. And if it's multi-genre like me, write something multi-genre. Some of us can't fit in a box. I can't be just, you know, I can't just write comedy books. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of dark things and I like to incorporate that to open people's minds. But write what you write what you know and you can turn your pain into profit. If you are a, uh, if you've suffered domestic violence, if you've been uh, discriminated against because of maybe your personal choices, write about that because you never know. That's gonna help you, number one, get your pain out of your mind a little bit because when you write, it's like you step outside yourself. And so write down maybe some of your pain and turn it into profit. Take something negative and turn it into something positive. And what that's gonna do is right now, it'll help you at least release some stress, right? But it might save someone else's life. And in uh, one of the reviews on my website, um, this young lady, her name is V Raven. Hey, from the UK, V Raven, because I know she's going to watch this uh, podcast. Um, She told me, you know, she writes that you made me late for work. She literally writes that in her review to me. She goes, I was late for work reading this book because I couldn't put it down, but it helped her cope with some things that she was going on, uh, going through in her life. And that to me is a, an alarm that, hey, something I wrote about maybe someone getting out, because in, in this book, there is some um, situations that are described that are kind of dangerous. You know, if, if uh, a girlfriend sets up her, her her lover to to be raped. You know what I mean? and something small like that that's stated in the story can help someone deal with their pain you never know so write what you know and um turn your pain into profit put your pain on paper get it out of your body but make it cap you know capitalize on it if you can because you never know if you're helping someone else and those are that's the two major things i would suggest write what you know and then turn your pain into profit because that's the two things that helped me and that's good advice um, I like turn your pain into profit. I think a lot of people begin writing through pain, even if it's just a journal. A lot of journals turn into books, people <laughs> just saying a lot of journals turn into books. So definitely I think you should write through your pain. And yeah, if you can if you can figure out a way to turn that into dollars, and yeah, I'm all for that. That's good advice, PF. I like that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and, and just sharing your story and your journey and I suspect since you have oh I don't know six more books coming out <laughs> that you will be back to tell us when book two drops right absolutely especially after going to uh to Remington Village in Northumberland I'm gonna definitely be back to tell you about that experience because I'm dying to see how and why I figured that out so you can count on me Kelly absolutely. I can't wait. So we'll definitely have you come back. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a blessed night. Thank you for listening to another episode of BHP book club. I'm your host, Kelly Morgan. I just wrapped up with author P.F. Felix, and we talked about her book. The Rennington Chronicles. The first book, which is available, is called The Night Professor. She's got six more books in the works. This is going to be a seven-book series. I think that's so exciting. I'm so glad that she decided to come on the podcast and share her journey and her story with us. The books are available on Amazon. She even created an audiobook. Go check it out. If you are an author and you are interested in being a member of the book club and coming on the podcast, it's real simple. Go to the website, brightheadedpublishing.com. Go to the contact section, reach out to me. I'll get back in touch with you. The next thing you know, you're on the podcast sharing your story. Also, if you go to the website, brightheadedpublishing.com, you can see all my social media links and you can listen to past episodes. Thank you so much for listening. I know there's many, many podcasts out there. So I'm so thankful that you decided to share your time with me. Next week, I'll bring you another author, another journey, another story. But until then, keep writing.